the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And sometimes you're just damn lucky and the numbers just go your way. And that was certainly the case. Did you see the Powerball winner? Was single winner in Maryland, Lundy, matched all the numbers. $731 million. Enjoy that Caribbean island. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, Brad, you saw, uh, so Mega Millions, right? The other the other yeah. big uh, lottery for Friday, for tomorrow night's drawing, they're estimating it at $970 oh and, and here's what's funny. The last time we had a jackpot get that big, it actually, like what they had estimated, it blew right past because so many people were buying tickets. So it would not surprise me if tomorrow night's Mega Millions drawing isn't a b- 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 billion dollars. Yeah, we're coming for you, Bezos. <laughs> That's right. So if somebody wins that thing, wow. Uh, although Uncle Sam will uh, take his fair share, uh, to say the least. I'm hey, we got to pay for that. all those. We got to pay for all those fireworks they were shooting off last night. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We do, and I got to pay off my gambling debts because Colorado screwed us against UW. The fade the Huskies, uh, you know, mantra was not in full effect. I, I can't really believe that, but at least Boise came back and uh, scored the cover there in the end. Look, if uh, you want to get in on any of the sports betting action, whether it's tied to the upcoming NFL matchups on Championship Sunday, NHL, NBA, college basketball, or the UFC, you need to do so right now. At DraftKings Sportsbook, and the return that we've all been waiting for is finally here. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. Be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, for a shot to turn $1 into $257. That's right. New users can bet $1 on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round, and if he does, you'll be cashing in $257. Bet a little, win a lot. It's that simple. So here's what you got to do. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that promo code FTN. Again, promo code FTN when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code FTN for new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania residents only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. With that, let's get to this Thursday edition of the Fade Five. Number five. All right, let's start things off here in college basketball in a rematch from just two days ago. Uh, the Mountain West uh, doing those back-to-backs, uh, and they're doing it not in a home-and-away fashion, all the games being played on a home court. So Utah State there in Logan going to be hosting again Colorado State, a team that they smashed 83-64 to again just 48 hours ago. And uh, I'm going to go with the chalk here in Utah State, uh, and I'm going to say they sweep it against CSU. And look, uh, some of these back-to-backs has been a little bit odd. Typically, uh, you do get some variance, but typically the loser in the first game 
uh, almost exacts their revenge in the second game. We've seen that trend across multiple leagues. I just don't think that's going to be the case here with Utah State, a team that you know a lot of people were betting on that trend of the loser getting that revenge against uh, San Diego State uh, and their previous matchup. And, of course, uh, they swept that uh, series against the Aztecs, and they remain unblemished in Mountain West play. It's just too much size, and it matters when it comes to Utah State with Kata and Bean. Uh, they absolutely thrashed on the glass in that initial matchup against CSU with a 44-25 to edge. That's what Utah State had on the rebounds on Tuesday. Uh, not only that, too, but the free throw execution was money in the bank, 21-28 at the charity stripe. They're shooting over 70% in conference action on the season. Uh, Utah State also features a lockdown. D, uh, they're number one in seven different categories defensively, including points per possession allowed at 0.748, uh, 26.6% allowed, that's it, along the arc, and 38.6% allowed inside it. Yeah, CSU was 9 for 27 from three, and that is their M.O., but I think Utah State just, they have too much beef down in the post, and they make you pay at the free throw line, and I don't know how CSU is going to, you know, respond to that here the second time around. I think they're going to respond to it ultimately negatively here, Lundy. So fade or follow Utah State minus seven and a half and a rematch against the Rammies. Well, I know these back-to-backs are weird to try to figure out exactly how to bet them because, as you said, not only you know are you playing a team back-to-back, but in the case of the Mountain West, they're doing it right there on a home court. So you wind up, you know, twice you got to try to take them on at the D. Glenn Smith Spectrum. Uh, that's the name <laughs> okay. of the arena uh, in uh, in Logan. No, you talked about uh, you talked about Utah State's size. Um, you know, shot blocking. I saw a stat: they're nine and zero when they block at least four shots um, in a game, and and that's what they've been doing. That size has been taking advantage of other teams. I think they're going to do that to Colorado State. So despite what Isaiah Stevens can do for the Rams, I think the Aggies are going to take care of business here and win it yet again. Seven and a half, I'll easily lay that chalk because I think the Aggies take care of CSU. Make some green in the Glen. Number four. All right, moving on. Let's go to the Ohio Valley Conference, the OVC. We don't really talk about that one very often. Uh, let's talk about the fighting Tony Romos of Eastern Illinois going up against the other Bruins of Belmont. And you know I love Belmont. Uh, I've been wagering on them all season long, and I'm going to do it again here at minus 12. Look, the Bruins are 11-4 and four ATS on the season. Eastern Illinois uh, really flipping the script in that category. 3-10 and 10 ATS on the year. Uh, the Bruins ball on offense. 1.153 points per possession scored in OVC action. That's uh, the pace setter in that league. They shoot over 35% from beyond the arc, over 61% inside of it, and 75.2% at the charity stripe. Plus, they're number one in the conference and assists to field goals made. So really a well-oiled machine there on offense. Uh, this is a deep uh, team as well. Rotate in usually 10, 11 players per game, and they're at least adequate on defense, only giving up 0.926 points per possession to the opposition. And look, look at EIU. They're just flat-out terrible on defense. Number 279 in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency, and number 339 out of 357 Division One teams and three-point percentage D. Yeah, EIU hung tough earlier this season against Wisconsin, uh, against Dayton, but they also got blown out by 25 to Marquette. Uh, this one being played in Nashville on Belmont's home floor, and I think they're going to cruise here. 
18-plus point win and an easy cover in the end. So give me Belmont minus 12. Fade or follow. Brad, do you suppose Eastern Illinois is happy that that Tony Romo is what they're known for? Like, I can, you know, I know I mean, Romo's kind of a polarizing guy. I know yeah. some people that love yeah. him in the booth, and I know some people that just put the game on mute when it's him and Jim Nance. So I, I just wonder whether Eastern Illinois is like likes being the fighting Tony Romo's, or if they'd rather have some other famous figure. Representing <laughs> Sean Payton. Him. Well, Mike uh, Shanahan. You got to get somebody. I don't know whether you want to, you know, hang your hat on Tony Romo or not. We'll see. Uh, I think this. I'm a follow on this one. I think this is an easy cover for uh, for Belmont because, as you said, Eastern Illinois not very good. Um, we you already mentioned the fact that Belmont's covered ten out of the fourteen games uh, against the spread, including the last three in a row. Uh, to me, even though it's double figures, I know sometimes with uh, when those double figure uh, spreads start popping up, we get a little bit nervous with this oddity that is this college basketball season. But this is one I think with Belmont you can feel comfortable with i don't know jim number three all right let's go on to the monkeyknifefight.com monkey knife fight player prop of the day in the nba of course presented by monkeyknifefight.com go there now and use a promo code ftn again promo code ftn and as a new user you sign up you get a free five dollar game on the house it's a very simple game to play it's more or less over or under on all your favorite player props whether in the association whether in the national football league the nhl college sports they got it all easy stats to follow uh you know in the nba it's uh, points rebounds assists fantasy points whatever you want uh, you stream together and packs a two on those player props all the way up to six the more you score on the over or the under the more cash you stuff into your pockets only at monkeynightfight.com and uh let's go to nolens and uh have some Sazeracs, my friend. A little hair of the dog uh, doesn't hurt right now for your boy. Uh, we're going to talk about Eric Bledsoe going up against the Utah Jazz in the PRA. So combined points, rebounds, and assists, 18 and a half, which seems kind of low for Bledsoe. And I'm going to take the over on this one. Look, the paper matchup is far from glorious. Uh, the Jazz have really been strumming the guitar. Number five in adjusted defensive efficiency uh, in the NBA, giving up just 1.037 points per possession. They're also number five in three-point percentage D, giving up 34.3% from beyond the arc. Uh, these two teams, the Pels and the Jazz, they played just a couple of days ago. And in that matchup, Bledsoe only went for nine points, uh, four rebounds, and a couple of assists. But they only played... 24 minutes. Uh, he's averaging right around 30 minutes per game on the season, so I think he'll be more involved in the rematch and a player, too, that's been over this 18.5 PRA in four of his last seven. Hell, he's averaging north of that line on the season with 11.9 points per game, 3.3 rebounds per contest, and 3.7 dimes per game. Again, not a great paper matchup, uh, but I think Bledsoe will hit 20 on the PRA. It's one of those uh, TYGs uh, we'll trust your gut specials, as you like to call it, Lundy. So fade <laughs> or follow my over on that 18 at PRA. I can't believe you're breaking out the TYG on me. Um, this is a tough one for me because you talked about the fact that he's got the average. Here's my concern. You talked about his minutes. He's averaging 28.7 minutes per game so far this season in the 12 that he's played, which is not a lot. I, I want to see, you know, PRAs, I got to see somebody's volume uh, increase from there. And you can't do that volume if you're sitting on your butt over on the sideline wearing a mask. <laughs> um, so this one makes me a little bit nervous, Brad. I think I'm going to have to fade you on this one. I think he winds up 
right at about 17 or 18. I don't think he gets past this number because, again, New Orleans goes uh, goes deep on their bench. They got a lot of guys averaging yep. double-digit minutes. Um, and so if Bledsoe isn't out there on the court, he's obviously not going to put those numbers together. So on this particular PRA, and you know how much we love the PRAs on this podcast, looking at you, Jeremy Grant, um, this one, I think I got to fade you. Oh, man, solid fade. Don't fail me, Eric Bledsoe. Number two. All right, let's go back uh, to the NCAA hardwood, and let's go out west in a Pac-12 match between the USC Trojans. Are they going to fight on against the Stanford Cardinal? Uh, I believe this game is being played in Santa Cruz. Uh, and I'm going to say no. Give me the Cardinal plus five in this contest. Look, Stanford is dealing with some injuries right now. Bryce Willis, Spencer Jones, unlikely to return from their setbacks. And they have unraveled a little bit defensively these last couple of games due to those two guys' absence. Uh, they gave up to Utah and Colorado a combined 1.09 points per possession in those back-to-back L's. But you know, they got to clean up the turnovers. Uh, they have coughed it up on 21.2% of their possessions. But I think Williams and De Silva inside defensively are going to be critical here against the Mobleys. Uh, Stanford as a team giving them just 44.9% inside the arc on the season. The USC, that is the strength of them. They are number one in the Pac-12 in two-point percentage offense. So I think that could be negated by the Cardinal. They'll keep this sucker close, and if they get to the line, which they often do, and they cash in early and often, uh, getting 22.5% of their points at the charity stripe. I think in the end, Stanford will lose this one by maybe two to three, keeping it inside that five line and scoring the cover. So, uh, the fighting Tiger Woods of Stanford are with me at plus five against SC. No, you got to slide them over, make them the uh, fighting banana slugs if you're going to keep playing <laughs> over in uh, in Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz. Yeah. By the way, you were talking about how they're playing in Santa Cruz. Stanford is the only power conference team that has yet to play a game in their own arena. Yep. They have had to play because of the because of COVID and rules in California, et cetera. They have had to play in Santa Cruz. So this one is all about whether or not USC is, comes out really ticked off having lost to Oregon State earlier this week, which was, uh, yeah, you don't want to lose to the Beavers. They're not very good, <laughs> um, at least not this year. Um, so this is all about whether USC comes out with their butts on fire or not. This is going to be a really fun matchup. couple of really good freshmen, obviously, one on each bench that you get a chance to watch. Uh, in Mobley and Williams. Uh, but I agree with you. I think Stanford uh, actually manages to keep this thing close. Don't know that they actually pick up the win, but I think with USC coming off of a two-point loss to Oregon State, my guess is they'll probably come out first half a little bit fired up, a little bit ticked off from having lost to the Beavs. But then I think Stanford keeps this thing close, tucks it within that five and a half, so I will follow. Go Banana Slugs! Number one. All right, let's wrap things up here on today's episode of the little Big Ten play. Indiana traveling to Iowa City to face off against the Iowa Hawkeyes. And, uh, you know, I got to take uh, the, the Garza Club and company here. Look, at minus 10, no way. 
no way in hell Indiana keeps this thing that close. I, I think they're going to lose this thing maybe by 20-plus. Look, the Hawkeyes burn the Nets at a prolific rate, 1.252 points per possession. That is number one in the nation. They're also number one in the Big Ten and assist to field goals made, uh, blistering the Nets at a 41.9% clip from beyond the arc. And again, they're more than Garza. you got Jordan Bohannon and C.J. Frederick, uh, unheralded sharpshooter, a guy that's shooting over 50% along the perimeter. Indiana, meanwhile, number 14. They are dead last in three-point percentage D in the Big Ten, giving up 40.4%, so that plays perfectly into the hands of Iowa. Uh, Not only that, too, but IU tepid on offense. Uh, They're netting just 31.4% beyond the arc and 67.5% at the charity stripe. If they're not draining their threes, if they're not hitting free throws consistently, they cannot compete against one of the elite teams in the country here. And Fran McCaffrey's Iowa Hawkeyes. So fade or follow Iowa minus ten. Yeah, this is not the uh, Indiana team that uh, it, you know the stuff of legends uh, no. with the in, with the Hoosiers. Uh, this team, uh, no, they they're they're not going to be able to keep up with Iowa. They they can't defend the three. Um, you know, Iowa is going to be able to push this out to a double digit lead and then just cruise on from there. Because even though there's some great uh, you know background, great history between these two teams, uh, the talent level right now, uh, there's a big difference between these two. I think Indiana easily uh, is is going to uh, just sort of show up, kind of go up and down the court, you know, get things over with, 40 minutes, okay, we're done. I, I'm with you. It may not be 20, but I think Iowa gets to a, a 15 to 17-point uh, victory easily. So, yeah, this is 10 points, piece of cake. I'll follow on this one. Yeah, it should be a shellacking uh, doled out by Iowa in this one. Look, if you're into the outline parlays, here's a little fun one. If you want to take three of these games and uh, whittle them down uh, to give yourself a little extra comfort, Belmont minus seven. Utah State on the money line, Iowa minus five. You string those together at DraftKings Sportsbook, it's plus 155. Not too shabby there at all. That is a wrap on this edition of the Feed the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter, at Nate Lundy. Follow me, at Noisy Chavos. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And check out FTNFantasy.com, FTNDaily.com, and FTNBets.com for all of your sports betting and fantasy sports content needs. Use that promo code Evans, E-V-A-N-S, to score 10% off your subscription today. And until next time, as always, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.